Heart-Centered Sales Leader Podcast, your one-stop shop for building client relationships, scaling your business, and ultimately growing your income. When you are looking for your next step in personal and financial growth, we've got you covered. With your host, number one international best-selling author and heart-centered sales expert, Connie Whitman. Welcome to the Heart-Centered Sales Leader Podcast on webtalkradio.net. I'm your Heart-Centered Sales Leader and, of course, host, Connie Whitman. Now, I hope every week as you tune in and you listen to the show that obviously you feel my passion, especially for the topic around sales. And more importantly, this show for me is helping us change our mindset from that word sales being icky and pushy and sleazy to really coming from that place of care, love and respect. So I'm on the movement. I'm on a mission. Uh, I hope you come and join me as we we play um, on the podcast to really help you shift your mindset away from that icky uh, feeling. Now, if you're loving the show, which of course I hope you are, please go to Apple Podcast or if you're a YouTube user, um, just rate the show, write a real short review, uh, tell me that you love me, which I love to read, and of course, uh, subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Now, today, I want to start with my motivational quote, which is by Anne Lamott, and Anne says... Almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. Burnout is real and can affect just so many areas of our lives, right? How do you reach that point of exhaustion and burnout? Maybe more importantly is how can you avoid reaching burnout when it's, it's just on the rise uh, around the world? While we often point to external circumstances like the demands uh, or the culture of our jobs, so much of what leads to burnout is the way we think about those circumstances and our beliefs about ourselves. Now, in the next half hour, you're actually going to find out how your mind contributes to your exhaustion and what you can do to turn it around. My guest is amazing. Um, it's Dr. Sharon Grossman. Now, uh, Dr. Sharon is the author of the international best-selling book, The 7E. Solution to Burnout, Transforming High Achievers from Exhausted to Extraordinary. She is a burnout expert who has taken her background in psychology and two decades of experience in the field of debt and has dedicated herself to helping high achievers who are struggling with anxiety, overwhelm, and burnout to live their best life. Her work is also all I'm sorry, her work is all about empowering you to take back control of your mind. So please help me welcome the amazing uh, Dr. Sharon Grossman. So Sharon, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you. What a nice introduction. <laughs> yes. You know, what's funny is when I'm on podcasts or shows or summits, you know, where you speak and they read your, your creds, right? Your bio. Oftentimes I think, hmm, I'd, I'd hire me. <laughs> Right, like I'm pretty good. I'm pretty darn good. Twenty. The other thing I wanted to comment on, which I giggled at, you know, two decades, twenty years. You don't look, you don't look like you've been, you know, in business in psychology or working for twenty years. So, you know, that's that's such a good feeling, right? When you appear young, uh, even though we have all these, you know, detailed credentials. Now, I think I think the word burnout, everybody can absolutely relate to that, um, especially after 2020 and COVID. I think we all hit a level of burnout and just kind of worn out, feeling worn out, um, you know, call it burnout, exhaustion, whatever you want. But we've all heard the word burnout. I just want to make sure that we 
are really all talking from that same framework. So what is burnout? How does it manifest? And how can people know when they're in it or that they are in it? So let's kind of define that for everybody. Yeah, so I'm going to break it down. So I would say to start off, you know, everybody knows what stress is. Hmm. And And so burnout is basically the accumulation of stress over time. And it manifests a little bit differently. So it starts out as this stress that happens day in, day out, and it's kind of layer upon layer upon layer. But you start to notice that you're burned out when you have certain symptoms of like exhaustion, right? And what that means is that you um, you just feel like you're dragging yourself in that. It. It's mentally hard for you to focus. So it's, it's a little bit different than how we would think about like if I just ran a marathon and I was exhausted right that would be physical exhaustion and what we see with burnout more so is a mental exhaustion I just can't do it I just have like nothing more to give you know that kind of idea and if we really look at what is stress which is contributing to this burnout stress what we know is really about perception right so you know, and that can surprise some people. But if you think about a situation like even just COVID, right? COVID is something that we've all been facing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, we know that a lot of people are very stressed out, are very anxious, are very overwhelmed by the circumstances of having COVID right now. And would you say, Connie, from your experience over the last, you know, eight, nine, ten months that you've come across anybody who hasn't felt that way? Everybody has felt it. And and not even just in the United States and, you know, maybe Canada, our, sis, you know, our sisters north of us, but I think across the world. I mean, I talk to people in Ireland and Germany and everybody is almost stuck talking about COVID all the time, right? Yeah, well, sure. They're talking about COVID, but the question is, do they feel stressed out? I think about so. It? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So what I would say is this. Um, typically when we are faced with something like this, it is challenging, but so much of how we feel about it is a result of how we think about it. Mm. Okay. Mm. And you can see, and and you know, when COVID first started, we saw people really kind of freaking out and they, they said, um, you know, I don't know how long this is going to take. And so there's a lot of anxiety about the uncertainty of the situation, and then, you know, as it as it progressed, it became other things. It became like, I'm so sick of staying home. I'm so sick of not being able to see my friends. I'm lonely. Like all these things started to transpire, right? Um, but I also have seen people who have pivoted their business and they've been thriving and people who have said, you know, I've because my kids are now at home, yes, it's like challenging on one on the one hand, but it's also like I feel like I'm spending more time with them and I'm, I'm seeing opportunities in this that I didn't have before. I just spoke to one client last week who was saying how, um, you know, she we started the conversation and I said to her, you know, you, you, you kind of sound burned out. What's going on? And she said, I'm burned out on COVID. And when we dug a little bit, right, um, she, I asked her. Listen, given the fact that we are in this situation, how do you want to feel? Hmm. Good question. And that's really and that's a very powerful question for yeah. people um, because you start to see that the, that you have a choice in this. OK, and so she said, 
she didn't exactly answer it directly. She kind of was focused more on what she would like to be doing differently. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she's focusing more on the behavior. But what she said was, given the fact that I don't have to commute to work right now, mm-hmm. she's working from home, I would like to spend more quality time with my daughter. Something she doesn't have as much time to do when she's commuting. Sure. And so she was able to go from focusing on this COVID thing that is like so stressful and so limiting and I'm so sick of it. I'm burned out on this thing to, well, where's the opportunity in this, right? What can you focus on that would make it more of a quality experience? And she said, spending more time with my daughter. Okay. And so. Ultimately, what it boils down to, and I think this is important, especially because, as you said, so many people are struggling with this, is to really ask yourself, um, look, I'm not going to change COVID, right? It's not, I'm not going to wish it away. That's right. <laughs> but given that this is happening, how do I want to feel, right? And then you've got to reverse engineer it. So hmm. if you said, so I'm going to ask you, Connie, how do you want to feel about COVID? So can I can I answer? Well, let me answer it this way, because for me, I see COVID as tremendous opportunity. So last and and listen, let me let me just preface this. Right. I know people have lost loved ones. You know, COVID is real. COVID has caused deaths that you know, perhaps maybe wouldn't have happened, right? So I'm I'm not minimizing the distress of loss, okay? For me, you know, my son came home from college and he was working from here. So the, right from the beginning, Shar, like we were spending more time together at night because we weren't commuting. He was home and we would have two-hour dinners where – Usually when it wasn't COVID and he was home from college, you know, they had jobs or he'd be going to his girlfriends and it was run, rush, do, um, you know, I have to go see my parents. I have to go here. I have to go there. And all of a sudden we couldn't do any of those things. So I truly right out of the gate embraced that shift because I had this time that I know, you know, it's fleeting because my kids are getting older. They're going to be on their own soon. And not that I ever wish time away, but I really embraced. The other thing was I wasn't commuting and running around like a chicken without a head where it was pedal to the metal, pedal to the metal, especially, you know, as a business owner, you got to perform. Otherwise, we don't work. We don't get paid. So all of a sudden it was you can't work. You're done. And as stressful as it was not having the financial you know, well-being of knowing that that those, those uh, you know, that I was going to get paid by my clients, everything stopped. I thought, what do I need to learn? So I don't know if I'm a freak because I, I really have to be honest. I did not stress over COVID. I stress because I have elderly parents and the concern of you can't get COVID, you can't expose them. We have to be hyper, you know, vigilant. I can control me, my husband, the kids. We were very aware of all of the uh, CDC guidelines. We followed everything because I have elderly parents, right? So I'm not, I'm not saying that I was what's the word in denial that's not that's not what i'm saying but i'm the type of person who can't control it i can't worry about it because that will make me insane i just won't sleep i won't function so i immediately i, I don't know if i'm a hopeless optimist sharon but i really started to look at what were the benefits and really for me with this dime, time you know downtime what did i need to learn to increase my abilities now that I had this new opportunity because I was working, you know, seven days a week like a crazy person 
the good news is clients wanted me. You know, you, you don't say no. I, you know, you ride the wave and, and I love my clients. It forced me to reevaluate where I was spending my time and what I needed to learn. So for me, I, I really found it as a blessing. And I don't know if that's weird. I, 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 that's, that was the honest truth of how I responded to COVID last year. So I think I'm a freak. I don't know. <laughs> So I'm hearing a lot of judgment, Connie. <laughs> About myself, right? Like, I'm a lunatic, right? Yeah, no, you're not a freak. I think what's so beautiful about what you shared is that it exemplifies a growth mindset. And that's essentially what I'm recommending for people to adapt to, right? This is this is what it is at this point. You know, we yeah. have to deal with certain restrictions. And you can you know, tune into this radio station with this stress mentality. And, and, and I've had people say, you know, I just want things to go back to the way they were. And it's so funny to me, because I'm like, you know, when kind of like you're describing before you were working so hard, and you were spending so much time and commuting and all this stuff. And complaining about how you never have time for yourself and how tired you are and people so quickly forget that and we're so resistant to change that we're mm. like resisting the situation rather than embracing it the way you described and I think when you embrace it you win because it's here either way and so you can yeah. fight yourself and you can fight the situation and kind of wish it away and then be unsuccessful and feel frustrated. Or you can say, how do I make the best of this situation and then just flow? And I think that's a choice that we all have. And the more that we can see that we have these kinds of choices, the more that we thrive and the less that we burn out. Right. So that's really like the big secret is that you always have a choice. Yeah. And it's, it's it's just a mindset game. Yeah. And I love I, I see. I agree with that. And and but you you know, you have people that say to you, I didn't have a choice. I, I, you know, I had to do it. And or I, you know, I didn't have a choice. So what are you going to do? And I so I when people say that to me and I go, well, you did have a choice. You, you chose always you always have. But you chose not to act. That was a choice. That was a choice exactly. you made when you choose to act. Right. That's that's a choice. Whether it's good or bad, right or wrong, doesn't matter. You always have a choice in the situation so and and the other thing i don't know if you've heard this too with the new year right oh i can't wait for 2021 so new year's eve my you know my kids were with friends whatever right and safe again with family like one other person kind of thing so again using good judgment but i said to my husband we had a quiet moment and i go i keep laughing everybody keeps saying i can't wait for 2021 good riddance 2020 tomorrow we wake up COVID's still going to be here. The lockdown is still going to be the lot. Like, what's changing overnight just because we move forward, you know, from 2020 to 2021? And we were giggling about it. But really, everybody, good riddance 2020. Why good riddance 2020? Nothing's changed unless you change your mindset. Maybe now that 2020 is gone and you're thinking, I can't worry about this anymore. I, I have to move on with my life. Then good riddance 2020 that you're able to shift whatever your paradigm of thinking is. But, but and it's funny, Sharon, I don't know, maybe I get this from my dad, but why worry about something you have absolutely zero control over? If, right. I, if I don't have control, you gotta put it on ignore because there are many things that I can control right in my life. And that's what I should be focusing my energy on. So I, I don't know. That's just, how, and I think I learned that from my dad. So again, I, I, I think it's a learned behavior just from how I was raised. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. And I teach that actually as one of the refocusing techniques is um, ask yourself when you're facing a situation, is this something that I have control over? If it is, then, you know, do whatever it is you need to do to make it the way you want it to be. But if not, then the only thing left to do is to just accept it because otherwise you're fighting an uphill battle. You're never going to win, you know. And so – I think it is really wise to ask yourself these powerful questions so that you can reframe things so that you can refocus your mind and you'll you'll be so much happier for it. You know, and the thing that we always have control over is not the situation per se, but it's how we interpret that situation, what we do with that situation, right? So you can have COVID and say to yourself, oh my God, this is the worst thing ever and I miss everybody and, and all those things can be true, but focusing on them does you no good because then you feel depressed and you feel sorry for yourself. You feel like a victim you feel helpless. Yeah. Right. You're feeling frustrated and you're maybe you're like upset. You're sad. All of these things. Like, do you really want to feel that way? You can. Absolutely. Just focus on all the things that are going wrong right now, you know, or you can ask yourself, like, how do I want to feel? Right. How do I want to feel? I want to feel calm. Like, it doesn't have to be Pollyanna-ish. It doesn't have to be like, I want to feel amazing. You know, like, it's like, you don't, you don't have to be like, woo, COVID, you know. <laughs> it doesn't have to be crazy like that. But it has to be like, what about going from negative to neutral? Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. What would it take for you to feel neutral about COVID? Um, how would you have to think about it in order to get there? And by identifying that thought, you're kind of reverse engineering what you need to focus your mind on in order to produce that result in your life. But we have a control. And that's I think that's the thing that people feel it's out of my control, which Yes, COVID is out of our control, right? When the vaccines come. They're focusing come, on the wrong thing. That's so exactly not, right. Yes. So what the, the takeaway here is you're not to focus on changing the circumstance. That's right. And that goes back to when we talked about burnout and like the demands of your job and the culture and your boss and all the things that you are attributing to your burnout. That's not the thing to focus on. The thing to focus on, and, and I see this a lot actually in the literature and like when I was doing all this research on burnout is – so much of it is on um, changing the organization. And there's like good reason to do that. But you as an employee, you don't have the power to do Absolutely. that. So you're going to wait around for them to change the organization. Good luck. Absolutely. You know, like who knows? That can take forever. And what it, what's going to happen to you in the meantime is you're going to go down this crazy roller coaster. Absolutely. So a better use of your resources is to focus on you, Right. How can I be in this situation and not feel this way? I have to change the way that I think about it. Right. That's what it boils down to. And yes, it is a challenging exercise, but it's possible. And that's exactly what I teach people to do because there's so much power in that. Yeah. And in, in seeing that you have a choice, that you're not a victim of your circumstances, that, you know, if you if you've done all this mind work and you're still not happy at your job, Sure, go switch jobs, switch careers, do something different. You have you have that choice too. But I think ultimately you don't want to use every time you're unhappy in a situation, whether it's a relationship or a job, to go skipping around from 
partner to partner right. or from job to job. You want to be able to work on yourself because you are the common denominator yeah. in all of those situations. Yeah. Right. So don't run away from yourself. Your mind is contributing to how you feel. And so take control of your mind. And that's going to make a big difference in the quality of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And it starts with you. Um, absolutely. We're going to take a quick break. So I wanted to share with everybody. So my book, ESP, Quick Transition. But I want to comment on something you said and really why I'm, I'm sharing the book right now, um, just because of the, the conversation is spot on. I share stories in the book, Sharon, about my career, right, in sales and how I, and, and here's the book, guys, please go to Amazon uh, Kindle version, I think is $6.99, but I, I share my seven-step sales process to help you change your paradigm of thinking of sales of this icky, sleazy thing. Additionally, I do share stories, and, and this is why I mentioned the book right now. Um, what Early in my career, I was in my 20s, and I worked for a credit company, and I basically increased, it was, it was a car company, uh, automobile company, and I increased the lease agreements that were coming in from zero. They didn't even know what a lease agreement was. I was reaching out to all the dealerships saying, hey, this client, he's a business owner. Instead of doing a retail deal, you should do lease. You're going to save him money. He can write it off on taxes. So I started, I started teaching all of these dealers. We went from zero applications to about like a thousand a month. I mean, it was ridiculous. So here again, I didn't know I was selling. I was teaching, right? So sales position came over to be the liaison with all the dealerships. And I went to my, uh, you know, the, the boss of the, of the whole organization and I said, hey, I, look at what I've done. I think I'm really good at the sales thing. Who knew I was selling? I think they respect me. The dealers reach out to me with questions. You know, I've built this really nice, these nice relationships. And he said, you're a girl. They'll never let me promote you. He, he believed I could do the job. He, he believed I would be, do an exemplary job. But because it was a male dominated industry, I put in, you know, air quotes for those listening on Apple podcast. Um, he said, you're a girl, Connie. I, I, they'll never let me promote you. And he was, wonderful because he said to me, here's the reality. You are beyond what this company can do for you. Get your resume together. And he says, you could go on interviews. He says, you can actually send anybody that, you know, needs like a, what do you call it? Like a verbal Connie's great kind of thing. He says, you give him my number, my personal number, and I'll speak to them. So here I was blessed because he was, he looked out for me. He was a good guy. Right. But on the same token, I took his advice and I thought, if I've, if I've outgrown the company, why am I staying here? I have more to do. So we, again, it's a choice, right? I could have easily, cause I loved the people I worked with. I loved the job. I loved with the, you know, working with the dealerships and everything. I could have easily, Sharon had said, I'm going to stay. So the reason I'm sharing the story, guys, is that's one of the stories in my book to help you change your mindset. I'm not a psychologist like my wonderful Dr. Sharon here. Um, but the idea is life has choices. You have to make those choices. And they, they happen more frequently than you think, I think, anyway. All the time. Right? All the time. Yeah, we just have to be aware and, and see those pivotal moments, I think. Do me a favor, Sharon. Can you share some examples of beliefs that you, you believe and that you've really seen in your experience you know, in psychology about those self-perpetuating patterns that we keep contributing to our own demise, but really that, that kind of leads to that burnout? And you, you said it before, you're the common denominator in relationships and jobs, you know, going job hunting or partner hunting, um, you, you know, it all leads to that burnout. Can you give us some examples? I think people can relate to that. 
Yeah, so uh, a really good example is somebody who believes that they have to do things perfectly. Mm. Okay, so mm. you have a lot of perfectionism. Um, and if you really look at what perfectionism is, it's an overcompensation for a belief that you are um, not enough. Mm. Right. So I have I feel like I'm not enough. So then the the work that I do has to be over the top just to, like, make sure that I'm OK, mm. so just to balance it out. OK. Mm. So what happens is you see people in the workplace who are um, working really hard, really diligently on quality. But at the same time, they're you know, if you're focusing so much on one thing that you're doing, there's this like buildup of other tasks that you're just never going to get to because you're spending inordinate amount of time on this one thing. And so what happens is then you you can feel really proud about this one thing that you did well, but then you start feeling really stressed out about how am I ever going to do those 20 other things, right? And so part of burnout can happen when you aren't allocating your time well to things mm -hmm. and you and it comes from that place of it has to be a certain way it's like uh this it gives you this sense of control of like i'm doing this great work and then i'll get um recognized and then i'll feel like i'm enough right but then it very well kind of sabotages what you're trying to do because if you're not doing the other 20 things well mm. right because you've procrastinated on those um then you actually like never arrive, you know, and the thing about it is like because perfection doesn't even really exist in the world. Absolutely. Like, it, it's kind of an illusion. Yeah. Then they're always they're always kind of in the stage of I'm almost there. It's almost there. It's almost perfect. Like I still need another iteration, you know, and so you're never done. You're always feeling like whatever you do, it's and it's and it's really a reflection of I'm not quite good enough and. Mm. And the thing that I do, therefore, is not quite perfect. Yes. So I think so much of it has has to do with your belief system. And so that perpetuates these patterns of behavior. And, and because we engage with our work in a certain way, it can create this burnout. Right. When I'm like so stressed because I got so, so much piled up. I, I have no idea how I'm ever going to get to it all. You know, and then now I'm feeling like this job is too much for me. Right. And I can say, oh, my job's really demanding. But in fact, like if you had a different way of engaging with your work, maybe you would be able to get the things done. You know, so a lot of it is like quantity over quality. Right. Yep. And so, you know, one of the things that I, I try to teach perfectionists is to uh, have more of that balance of can I can I accomplish more things? Um at a lower level of quality, yeah. like in, instead of aiming for perfection, if you can like lower the bar to something that's more reasonable, you'll be able to get more stuff done. And then if you still have time left over, go back in and perfect as much as you want, but don't do it at the expense of all the 20 things that are on your desk. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And business, it's, it's the law of diminishing returns in essence, right? You, you reach a point where, you know, listen, I believe good is the enemy of great. And when things are good, people, ah, things are good. And then we don't develop ourselves. To me, good right. is the enemy of great in that situation. But in business, if you keep, mm, it's got to be better. I got to reiterate, reiterate, reiterate. At some point you have to say, it's good enough. I got, I got to move on. Otherwise I'm not going to make more money. I'm not going to find that next client. I'm not going to be able to do 
more because I'm stuck here. So it's the law of diminishing returns is exactly what you're talking about. And, and I agree wholeheartedly um, with what you said. Now, I want to, want to talk about your book for a minute. We have, we have a few more minutes. Um, I giggled because you have the seventh step. Mine is the seventh step, too. So I think that when we can provide steps for people, it's easy, it's tangible, right? So it's easy to understand. And then I can implement one step at a time. So it's almost like baby steps instead of getting from point A to point Z, you know, you have these little, you know, milestones. So I love the seven steps. Can you, um, in your outline, you know, you have the seven step solution to burnout. How can one of your steps help someone who's stuck in that perpetual pattern like you just said uh, I I have to do it to reiterate I have to reiterate it's got to be perfect like how do they break out of that well I think the first step and this is really like my first e solution um, is is always self-awareness right a lot of times we're stuck in these patterns because of our belief system and as you said we don't see that we have a choice We've always done it this way. We can't see any other way of doing things. What we do notice is that we have the same results over and over again, and we don't understand why. Hmm. So I think the first step is to understand what's contributing to your results. And if you can see that, okay, the behavior that I'm doing is the same. And the reason I do this thing the same way all the time is because I feel a certain way. And, you know, with the example of perfectionism, what we talked about is the feeling is there's a fear, right? There's a fear of not doing good enough work. There's a fear of not um, being perfect. There's a fear of not, um, not being enough. And that stems from our thinking, right? And, and so we have this belief that, you know, we're not that we're inadequate in some way. And so many people walk around with this. It's so common. So if you if if you're one of those people, just know that it's totally normal. Like yeah. it is so incredibly like common in this culture to have that belief. Like so everybody's walking around with this sense of inadequacy and worry about people finding out and this imposter syndrome on some level. Definitely. Right? It's sure. so common. Um, which is why I'm talking about it because I see it like with so many of my clients. And um, to know that it's not like if you've felt this way your whole life and if you've believed that about yourself your whole life that you can't change it, right? So the first step to any sort of change is first and foremost to have that awareness of like what is fueling my pattern? Mm. What is that belief? If I understand that there's this sequence of events that's happening where, you know, I have a belief that is causing me to think about things in a certain way, which is creating, you know, fear and this desire to comp to overcompensate for that, then I'm going to be stuck doing this thing in the same way all the time. I have to change my belief in order to change my perfectionism. I have to work on my mindset in order to overcome that fear. Yes. And then everything's going to change. Right. So we have to start with the mind. We have to start with that awareness of like what is happening. And then you can start to do things in a much more intentional way. Sure. And that's that's kind of to me like that's where that's where it all starts. And that's why when I've got these like seven E uh, solution steps, it's really the first one is emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. right? So, um, and part of emotional intelligence, the kind of foundation of that is self-awareness. And self-love to some extent, right? I would think. 
um, you know, emotional intelligence, it's like, okay, yes, we have to be emotionally intelligent with everyone that we encounter in our life, but I could treat myself like crap, right? I, and I did it before. You said, oh, I hear a lot of judgment. Maybe I'm yes. crazy, right? Because if people, here's, maybe this is the fear, right? And I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just talking out loud, but, you know, people listening, they're like, she's not worried about COVID and I'm not special, right? So immediately I think, well, I'm not special. I'm just sharing how I approached it. So I have to justify where I came from because people listening might think, well, this one's out of her mind. So, right, the ju- we judge ourselves before you could judge me, right, or comment well, on my craziness. Well, that's exactly right. right? So when we have this fear of, like, how other people are going to perceive sure. us, then we do all- – then we do – do the crazy things of like judge ourselves first so sure. that if you know if i if i judge myself first then you can't hurt me that's right that's right right so it's a defense mechanism and so we have all these things kind of built into our psyche to keep us alive to keep us you know sure uh you know and supposedly in, safe in this world right and um it is while it is kind of this automated process i think that um the more that you understand about how the mind works and the more that you start to come in and say like, wait a minute, you know, that's, you know, that's how this works on a subconscious level, but on a conscious level, I can have more power. I can be intentional. I can actually reverse engineer this. And I do that by asking really powerful questions or by focusing my mind on like, what is the opportunity or what are the positives here? Or how can I get to that neutral place like we talked about? So there's so many different skills that I teach people to to really reverse this this phenomenon of burnout and to prevent it from happening. And so I really hope that people will pick up the book and, and follow the steps. And it does come with a workbook so that you can really coach yourself on this process. I love it. To everybody, share with for everybody, Sharon, what's the name of the book? So it's the 7E solution to burnout, transforming high achievers from exhausted to extraordinary. And it's available on Amazon, but I also have uh, a little page for it online as well. So if you want to get more information about everything that's included in the book, um, go to 7esolution.com. I've also, I really want to encourage people to purchase it as a gift for your colleagues, for your friends, because oftentimes we see burnout in other people before they see it in themselves. Love it. Um, And what I've done is I've created an incentive program for you to do that. So if you go to 70solution.com, you can see all the bonus coaching videos that you can get from me for copies that you gift out to your loved ones. So I really hope to spread this message of, um, you know, burnout being something that you can recover from and that you can prevent moving forward. I love it. Um, and it's a new year. So great time to read these powerful books that, again, for ourselves. But I love that idea of giving it to someone because we do see it's easier to see someone else's problems than go internally and see your own. Right. There's so exactly. much clarity because you're not in the throes of the emotional angst. Right. So it's seven. The number seven, not S-E-V-E-N. Right? Number seven. Number seven. E as an elephant solution uh, to burnout um, and, and the website is 7esolution.com 7esolution I'm going to I just wrote it down 7esolution not plural 
Singular. Singular. Yep. Okay. So guys, I will post that 70solution.com on the show notes so you guys could find uh, Sharon Easy Peasy and all that information uh, that she just shared that will be on there for you to start your journey. Buy the book. Uh, She's incenting you to share it with your your peeps, which I think is real important. Um, If you see something and you can help someone, you know, we got to do it. That's, That's how I think we grow together as well is by sharing these kinds of information or pieces of information um, that you heard and maybe your friend, sister, brother, uh, you know, hasn't listened to the show yet, but hopefully you're sharing the show with them too. Um, also, Sharon, if they do have a question, can they email you Would that if they have a question directly that you might be able to answer? Absolutely. So if they go to my website, which is drsharongrossman.com, there's an opportunity there to contact me. Um, and they can even schedule uh, a breakthrough session with me, which is free. So all the information is on my website. So I will post both guys. I'm going to put drsharongrossman.com if you want to connect with Sharon and 7esolutions.com for all of that cool stuff that Sharon shared with us. Sharon, thank you so much for being on. Really appreciate it. I think this is such an important topic. It's a really good way to start, you know, the 2021 new behaviors um, to focus on. And I just love your 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 the seven steps obviously I love that but I love that idea of starting with self because I think oftentimes we think deflect out and blame yes. outside instead of because really right we all know I think it was Dr. Wayne Dyer who said if you change your thoughts the things that you see in front of you change or, or something right. along those lines but it has to start with you so we deflect it to the world I don't have a choice and all these things that we started the show with I just want to end guys we do have control um um, 7esolution.com might be the answer you've been looking for. Buy the book. Share it with your your peeps um, as well. And if you need more Connie in your life, which, of course, I hope you do, again, ESP, Easy Sales Process, 7 Steps to Sales Success, uh, go to my website, WhitmanAssos.com. Everything's there. Like Sharon, I have a ton of free resources for, for you as well. Um, how to contact me if you need my help with something. So WhitmanAssos.com, best way to reach me. Sharon, once again, thank you so much. What a great conversation. Great insight. I love the E for the enlightenment, that idea of that self-enlightenment. And I just, I think we have control. I think we just have to take back control and be mindful of it, right? That's it. That's what... That's what COVID is actually. It's a good exercise for us. Yeah. It, it, like you said, it's it's making you slow down. It's making you appreciate all the little things that you would otherwise not have. And this is your choice right now. Is like I can enjoy having that extra time with my son when he's home from college, or I can bitch and moan about how I don't have the things that I used to have. You know. Mm-hmm. So it really is a mindful exercise for everybody perspective right it's always about perspective i think too so again sharon thank you so much um for being on and and for you i hope you will join me weekly as we question build and discover together that sales topics like this like burnout your professional life whatever it is that you're going through that my guests myself our our stories our ideas our strategies our books all help you navigate that element of change so that you can grow your business, grow professionally, grow in your career um, or whatever it is that you're looking to achieve, especially with the new year upon us. So um, thank you again, Sharon. Thank you for joining me. Um, Thanks for tuning into the Heart Centered Sales Leader podcast with me, your Heart Centered Sales Leader and host Connie Whitman on webtalkradio.net. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Um, Hope you really open your mind to the client relationships, your self-relationship with 
yourself that are possible as you become the heart-centered sales leader you're destined to become. I'm excited and honored to have you on this journey with me, and I really hope you implement some of uh, Sharon's ideas today of kind of go within before you go external. Thank you again, and thank you again, Sharon, for a great show. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Heart-Centered Sales Leader Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to hear Connie Whitman and her expert guests share tips, tools, and strategies that can be implemented immediately. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And while you're at it, please leave a rating and review and share it with your friends. Tune in every week for more exciting insights and strategies on increasing your business's ROI. And always remember, lead with heart and your sales will follow. Follow.